Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Howdy, welcome your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hanson, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. We have an epic guest joining us, Heather Smith Outdoors. She is done some of the most unbelievable things that you could possibly imagine doing and we're going to get into the whole story of her life and what she's doing and where she's going and all the cool things that are going on in her life and i'm so happy that she's going to join us today but before we get going let's touch on a few things i want to thank deckhan sports for always supporting our friday shows thank you dave and the guys over at deckhan sports we'll show you a really cool little video of some of their products here once we get going a little bit. And then uh, the other thing is don't forget the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival at the Orange County Fairgrounds, the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of March. Kelly Girl and I will be there with our full entourage. We'll have a big 20-foot booth. We'll be signing autographs and kissing babies and doing all the great things your saltwater guy does. Plus, we'll be uh, doing seminars at the show also. We'll be bringing our guides up. Justin, Pablo, and Sonny, and they'll be answering your questions, and they'll all be available in our booth. We'll be hanging out every day in the booth, so make sure you stop by the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show at the Orange County Fairgrounds, March 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, and we'll have lots of stuff to show you for the next couple weeks coming up to the show, and I want to let everybody know Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week, I will be at Lopez Mateos fishing with Mark Rayer like I do four or five times a year. So our shows will be at night. They'll be back at night at six o'clock. And then we'll be back online Thursday and Friday at our 12 o'clock time slot. But I just want everybody to know I'll be on location in Lopez Mateos fishing snook and halibut and all that cool stuff in the mangroves and making lots of cool videos for everybody to see. So be ready for that next week, six o'clock time, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So don't log in at noon. You won't see us. So, hey, without any further ado, because we have so much to talk about with Heather, we're not we're not going to be able to squeeze it all in in the hour. So let's get you on here and let's get this thing going. Heather, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Dave. Hey, girls. Good to see you. Thank you so much. I know you're super busy. So putting a little bit of time in for me, I appreciate it a lot. So thank you very, very much. And uh, you've done so many unbelievable things and you're super young. So you got a lot of more unbelievable things coming down the pipe i'm sure but how did you get into doing all this crazy outdoor stuff who got you involved in fishing and hunting and all that stuff when you were a little girl because you just didn't yeah. wake up one day and say i'm gonna go do this no yeah you didn't wake up one day and decide i'm gonna be insane right and take it to a whole <laughs> different level so um my dad was actually a captain my dad was a, a merchant master mariner and so ever since you know i mean I grew up, you know, my dad was already on, uh, he was going all around the world and he, he was a different kind of sailor. My dad was a different kind of captain. He, he did not believe in, uh, he didn't trust electronics. So he did what they called spherical trigonometry. So, uh, which is celestial navigation. So before every voyage that he would go on, he would map his entire quest, 
you know, the, everything out by the stars. And he would sit there with and just do all these calculations for days and days at a time. And then he would point the stars and he would just, you know, it, it was a different way of being brought up and taught to really respect the sea and respect the earth itself. So I think that kind of mindset went into my mind as I was young. And um, then, you know, I lost him in 2006. And then in 2018, I lost the rest of my family except for my kids. And I had lived down in Kima at that time. And, you know, I'd offshore fish and, and, and done other things throughout my life, been fishing. But uh, in 2018, when the last of the family died, 2000, it was my mother in November. Um, I moved up to Sam Rayburn, which is one of the top bass fishing lakes in the country. And she wanted her ashes spread on Rayburn. So um, I picked up a fishing rod and I went out there every day to go visit my mom. And eventually it became more about fishing and less about visiting my mom. And some of the bass pros here and, and some of the, you know, Hall of Famers and legends, Bob Seeley, two-time Hall of Fame bass fisherman and Randy Dearman, the guy that brought braided line to the fishing industry, they're all here. And, you know, they'd see me go out every day, go to the gym. And uh, they're like, all right, kiddo, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it the right way. And they kind of put me under their wing and put me through some bass boot camp. And then before you know it, I was I was doing tournaments. Wow. But let's back up a minute, though. What kind of a captain was your father? Was he a fishing boat captain? Merchant no, he Mariner? was a, he, he was actually a tugboat captain. So tugboat. he was a. Uh, master uh, merchant mariner so he went all over now he did fish obviously you know and he rode a harley nobody knows this but my my maiden name actually my last name was mo m-e-a-u-x so uh my initials he didn't care what i was called as long as it was hdm for harley davidson motorcycles which is other to name mo but uh but anyway he was uh he was a tugboat captain but he fished and so uh he fished emphatically as a matter of fact he was he slayed mahi all the time so um but that's the answer to your question Okay, so was he an open ocean tugboat captain or in inshore? I mean, I'm I'm interested in what he did because something that's what got okay. you where you are. Just like my dad, my dad was a sport boat captain my whole life. That's why I'm a fisherman. Yeah. So no, my father was offshore. Uh, well, he he they at, toward the end he'd been with them for over thirty years. He was with Auto Candies, and so went from doing either crew changes. But there was a lot of times he would go over to Africa. Whenever they had the new vessels that came out with the joysticks, where they do the side to side, front to front, like the very first ones, he was the first captain that they sent over to Rotterdam to do training on it. This was back in the day, like in '02. You know, so we're talking years and years ago. Um, then, and it was really funny. But uh, anyway, so he would go overseas and be gone for long periods of time. He was over in, uh, I think it was like he came, he brought back some Russian, he traded some American jeans for some Russian soldiers, like for a little helmet that was on, they wore, you know, whatever little hat, you know, so um, he, he went all over. I mean, sometimes he would work inside of the Gulf, but my dad usually took the longer changes when I was younger. Okay. So that kind of, now I understand because that celestial navigation is a big, big deal. And yeah. that's a lost art. People don't do that anymore. They grab their phone. They look at their uh, GPS on their phone or they love Navi Navionics. And most people today are, if that their phone or their uh, GPS doesn't work on the boat, they're kind of done. They're not going to get home. They're just not going to make it. So that's kind of a unique thing. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about your dad. So thank you very much for that. And then, mm -hmm. so you just kind of started out going fishing with your dad 
little streams and stuff or did you start out fishing in the ocean what part of that no actually my very first fish i ever caught was a sheephead and so um it was a sheep's head and it was in homa and i can tell you how to tell you exactly how old i was it was the day i lost my first tooth right so i was probably about five or six because uh i i wanted to go we went out with my aunt my uncle my uncle was a guide out in uh in homa and they had a fish camp and i had asked if i could go swimming and they told me no and uh i got a big sheep head on the on the line and they thought i was trying to jump in my aunt was yelling at me i said he couldn't get in the water and i was like it's a fish it was pulling me and so i was fighting it and then uh i went over and, and my tooth was so loose that I, I actually bit into a bologna sandwich and it, it took my, my bottom tooth fell out so i'll never forget that specific day and exactly you know that that tells me how old i was yeah and that's some of the best things about fishing gang like i talk about all the time on this show heather when she was a child she remembers the day exactly just like i remember the day when i first went fishing with my dad when i was three years old and i remember my mom put my shoes on as i'm sitting on the counter and i didn't know fishing i didn't know nothing i just knew i was going to get to hang out with my dad heather that's so good to understand what heather's talking about because the most important thing for us to do is pass this off to our children. It is so important to get the outdoors thing because Heather, as you know, you and I are the most hated people in the world because we have a suntan and we go outside and we smile. They don't get, they can't wrap their head around it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, I think my favorite thing I hear, I get all the time is it must be nice, you know, and I'm thinking it must be, you don't even know the work that it takes to do what we do, you know? So, uh, I mean, and, and it is nice to be able to, to, to work into something I'm doing, but nobody realizes how much you had to sacrifice to get to where we are, you know, and to what we're doing. So, um, yeah, but go ahead. Very, we're very blessed that our parent or our father's brought us into this world, got to see the outdoors and experience that. And, I talked to you a little bit before the show. I mean, you're going to talk about your children and all that stuff, but there's nothing more important than turning children on to the outdoors because for some reason right now, they do not want our children going outside. They do not want them going outside and seeing that what's going on and enjoying life and hunting and fishing are two of the number one things they don't want us doing anymore, which doesn't make sense. I don't know where they think their food comes from. You know, it's crazy because a deer, were you at ICAST this last year? No, I was not. I had a okay. big event out here with the War Heroes on Water, but I'll be oh, at ICAST amazing. this year and so will Elliot. Oh, cool. I'll see you guys there. The, um, the, there is actually 46% of the anglers that are now fishing are women. I mean, we've had a 300% increase in women alone since the pandemic. And then we've had, um, you know, I think there's seven. 17 million people right now that are, that are female anglers, you know, um, in the sport itself. So, uh, there, there's a huge vast number of women and, you know, and I, and I say that because we're usually the ones that have to focus on the kid, you know, the, the for the most part, their men are your, your breadwinners, right? Although we're seeing a, a huge change, obviously in, in trending, but, um, women's focus for the most part is always the kids, right. You know, and getting everything in order. So it's important. I think for all of us to include our children out there and get out there as much as we can. I've made tremendous changes in my schedule and, and even what I've been doing alone recently, uh, because this year now, Ashley Jones with Swamp People, she and I partnered together and 
we're bringing our kids with us everywhere. I mean, we leave next week. We're doing neutral hunts and helicopter hog hunts and offshore and the littles are there. I mean, even when I trained for naked and afraid, uh, for every time I've went, my littles have, have went and trained with me. They were up in, in Washington state. We, we had a cougar stalking my youngest one, uh, you know, when I was training for naked and afraid the first time. Oh my gosh. Well, I'd, I want to get way into naked and afraid. How old are the girls now? They are 13 and 11. I call them the littles. Yeah, you do. I, I see that all the time on your social media. Yeah. Yeah. But um, how did you get to think that I want to go out into the, the jungle and be naked and let all these bugs bite me? I just can't rep for me. I could probably do every part of it, but the bug thing that would just do it for me. I'd be done. I tap out. I'm not going to lie. That's like truly the worst part. And now being, have, having gone to the jungle and castaways and then also doing South Africa, which was a very arid environment. You know, when I was in South Africa, my, my foot, the ground was 138 degrees. So it actually fried the bottom of my foot. Like it, it literally, uh, I had to cauterize my own wound. It was so bad that they didn't want it to be shown on television because it said that it would gross the audience out. But um, it, it was very, very bad. And from going from extreme temperatures of heat, like I will take any day burning my foot off rather than the excruciating pain I went through with the bugs uh, for 21 days. Uh, the place that we we did the show, Castaways, um, it was known for probably having one of the worst bug infestations in the entire world. And uh, these bugs were relentless. It was a nightmare. And uh, in answering your, your question, when I first started doing this, I, another show had reached out to me to see if I wanted to come on and do a survival show. And when I decided to sign up for it, um, or I went to go train for it. And so I did, uh, I, I got trained up in Washington. I brought the littles, like I said, and I did survival and I got trained in advanced survival. And while I was up there training, someone posted up, you should do naked and afraid. And I just smiled and I said, okay, okay, you know, I should. And, and bugs actually wasn't even on my thought process because they weren't anywhere I was at when I was training. Right. So, and then, um, and then from there I went to go train. Uh, I could reach out to a friend, you know, in a few days, within days, actually I'd heard from naked and afraid and, and uh, they really sped me through the process okay. and I was going and I went down to Florida uh, to go train uh, to do more training, right? So I could have diversity. And then uh, I would train down there with Aaron Phillips, who'd already been on the show. And I was just getting eaten alive by bugs. I was like, you think it's really going to be this bad <laughs> with the bugs? He looked at me and he goes, this ain't nothing princess. Like it's going to be horrible. And, uh, you know, the, the first one, like I said, Africa wasn't, it wasn't the bugs. It was the temperatures, the extreme temperatures, but castaways definitely brought it to a whole new level. That had to be the show that Kelly and I were, my wife and I were watching because we just saw the, the bites, the bug welts, the, and I was just like, how in the hell is she handling that? It's just crazy. That just looks so gnarly to me. It's just, yeah. ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you did that gang. If you want to check something crazy out, go watch Heather on that castaways naked and afraid. It was the most incredible thing. It was just a, you can't can't wrap your head around it till you watch it and then you and now you're listening to her tell the story so it's real what she went through is absolutely the most amazing thing i'd ever seen i was just watching that show and you think 
you know, when they first put this show out, what, 15 years ago or something, you think, oh, my God, there's going to be naked people. How exciting. This is going to be cool. Then you watch what you guys are going through. I don't know how you made it. I don't know how you did that. You have have to be one of the most strongest human beings on the planet Earth because of the shit. Excuse me. The stuff you went through was absolutely incredible. And I didn't mean to say that word gang. So no, no, the- you're fine. Actually, my producer even said that to me one day. My producer told me that I'm probably one of the strongest people uh, that they've ever had on the show ment- uh, mentally. Um, you know, uh, that I was a very strong woman. Um, but I, uh, I, it, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. You are, uh, I try to keep a sense of humor about me. Like I'm always cracking jokes. There's definitely some personality, uh, you know, issues and, and some tensions with some personalities. And, um, you know, uh, some people are out there because they're an outdoorsman. Some people are out there because they want to be on a TV show, in my opinion, you know. So I, I wanted to be out there because I just wanted to prove that I could I could do it. You know, that I was really trying to show. I mean, I think you said I'm younger earlier. I'm actually, you know, I'm in my 40s. And so um, I... I, I know that recently the countries went through a lot of issues and I mean, we've had so many different things that no one ever imagined would happen, you know, in the last five years. And that being said, a lot of people were losing their careers, their businesses, you know, uh, loved ones. I mean, so many things were happening and the real catalyst for me to do it was to show that we can overcome anything, even when it feels like you're against all odds and there's you're not going to win. And it's just, it's brutal. And you just want to give up. If you just honestly stay determined and consistent, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you will, will accomplish it. That, that is very strong words. And that's something to think about gang, because when you watch what Heather was doing, it, it blows my, to be thrown into that situation and then to be with someone that you don't even know. And then to be hungry and, bit up and just irritable. I don't know me get me hungry. I'm not a good person to be around. I can't even imagine what it must've been like listening to some booger eat dude trying to tell you what to do while you already had a plan. So throwing that other person in on it had to be really gnarly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those where I was like, oh God, you know, so, but um, I mean, we got through it and then, you know, I, I met Bolant out there. Uh, Bolant's actually going to be doing the helicopter hunt with me. That's the one good, great thing about castaways. He's an amazing, amazing survivalist. He's an amazing human being. He's probably one of the funniest people on the planet and watching his interaction with Andrew and him just like completely roasting Andrew. I was, I think that was like the highlights of my day every day because it was, it was absolutely valid. And everybody's like, Oh, he's not, I mean, he's joking. I was like, he wasn't joking. So I was in tears just laughing so hard. And it was absolutely like the highlight of my day. And I think that's one of those things that can be going out there. But uh, the bugs were were heinous. It was just absolutely awful. And, uh, you know, even on entry, they had us swimming through saltwater crocodiles. Like, you know, you get off the boat and you got to swim through saltwater crocs. Like, you know, you think you're afraid of a, of a shark. But the thing is, a shark doesn't always think you're food. You know, a saltwater croc always thinks you are food. You know, so I was like, oh, great. You know, like murder, death, kill, like right in insertion again. I just, yeah, once again, just watching all the highlights that Elliot's throwing up here on the screen. I just go, I don't know how you guys did that and how you maybe it would be easier if you're by yourself, but then you throw the other people in on it and just the things that would come out of their mouths and the things they would say and just watching 
I know that it's a lot of editing, but just watching the facial expressions and everything that was going on. And all I could think about while I was watching was, I know how much fun I am to be around when I'm hungry. And that, and I just go, man, that had to be such a challenge to deal with the other human beings that were there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a big thing for me. I like, you know, I live in a town of 223. I like to tell everybody that I was coastal distancing before social distancing was cool. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not one that likes big crowds. I'm not one that wants to, you know, I, I've never been worried about being the cool girl. You know what I mean? I just want to be me. You know, I want to have my own life. I'm really content with me and my kids doing my own thing. I, I don't care. You know, I'm, the best way to say it without sounding horrible is pigeons flock together. You know what I mean? I've never been one of those people. I, I just want to do my own thing, you know, and, and just be cool and peaceful inside, you know? And so, uh, that's, that's been a, that was a big barrier. I can tell you, I looked up at one point and we called it the, the postcard beach and I, I started dying laughing because I looked back and my jaw hit the ground and it was just so beautiful. I mean, breathtakingly beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful views I've ever seen in my life. And it was like, I remember I closed my eyes and I looked over, I saw the camera and like tears came in my eyes. Cause I'm like, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I pictured myself you know, on TV out here in one of these cool places. And, you know, you grew up watching National Geographic or Discovery or things like that, you know? And yeah. then you look over and then I see what I call my little trash panda group. And it was like <laughs> our little group of six with like, you know, trash and litter and everything all over us. And I just bust out laughing because you've had this dream your entire life. And then you look over and you see this like Mad Max gang of tribe you're with. And you're like, I never thought it would happen this way. <laughs> you know, this isn't what the dream really looked like when you closed your eyes, but th there you are. It's yeah. All about reality. Hey, real quick. I want to show everybody this video I got from deckhand sports. And then as soon as we're done with that, we're going to get into your fishing career and what you've been doing fishing wise, and all the other cool things you have on the board. So can we cue that up there, Elliot? Hey gang, if you go with that QR code we're throwing up on the screen right now, you can go over there and check out all the products that they have at Deckhand Sports. But that kill bag is just incredible. The way they put the ribs in the bottom of it, Heather, so it lifts the fish up out of that slimy bacteria-infested water and gets them up high and dry out of that water and helps hold the bag open. It's just an incredible design. I've been in the sport fishing industry for a living for 49 years. I've never seen a bag like this. It's an incredible bag, incredible product, leak proof. So when you have your, like I was talking to uh, my good friend Cliff the other day, we were talking about throwing our 
fish in the back of our car and driving around and most bags leak this bag leak proof does not leak so you don't have that smell in your car if the water starts to leak out it's an incredible product every part of it they've done everything that you can think of to make this the best kill bag out there so i'm sure you'll be take a look at that you'll be seeing a lot of them and I'll get you their number. You can call Dave and talk to him about it because you definitely need to have some of those. It works for uh, game too. If you've got fish, I mean, animals, deer, anything, you got to keep them cold. You know, you, this stuff will work perfect in the back of your car. Oh, wow. It's an incredible bag with a whole bunch of different spots to tie it down, which is the biggest problem. If you're like me and you're on a different boat every day, every boat has a different tie down and this yeah. bag covers it all. It's a pretty bitching pretty bitching bag they did everything they thought about every aspect of it and then the leak proof part and they have every size imaginable you can put a 300 pound bluefin tuna in it or you can put those little mahis in it whatever they hold nice. everything so um so now you're getting into this going fishing we're backing up we're gonna get back behind and you started doing this bass fishing like you were telling me you went to like bass boot camp with some of the best bass fishermen in the world and they were like here little girl this is how you're going to do it if you're going to do it right why don't we talk about you getting into this bass pro fishing thing because that's a big click that's tough to get into yeah yeah i think the reason that they helped me is because i didn't want to like i wasn't asking you know what i mean like they knew they knew my mom you know uh my mom had owned a boat and jet ski rental place up here and she we also owned h&r block so when i moved up you know i kind of took in my mom's spot the littles were in school we had a manager you know that had been running the place for my mom for 20 years so like you know i was just here and i was grieving right so um you know, it, when I say boot camp, it's not something they offer to anybody. They were just like, you know, me and we would talk about what we're going to throw this, that, and the other. And, you know, and I would go out there and I'd be like, I threw this and I went here and this is what I did. And then they decided they went, I went through this, what I call bass boot camp, Charlie King and, and some other guys, they all put me out there and they told me I wasn't allowed to fish with anybody else, but them, because they weren't going to spend three days unlearning me of me learning the wrong way. You know, so I literally trained with these guys. I remember Charlie King called me one time at 1115 at night. He was like, if we're in Anatolic, what are you going to throw? How are you going to throw it? Why are you going to throw it? And I was like, oh, my God, wacky worm in the cypress trees, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, okay. And I was like, all right, can I go to bed now, please? You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go back to bed. So um, anyway, that went on. And then we fished a V&M tournament together. Charlie and I did after that. Uh, we did very well, um, very well in that tournament. And uh, from there, Florida Fisherman Magazine, uh, you know, picked me up, caught me. Uh, I, they noticed me from me posting on social media. So anybody that tells you guys not to post on social media, don't listen. You never post enough. Keep posting on social media. You only you can sell your brand, you know, or you can make it what it was. And at the time, I didn't even know I was what I was doing. I just uh, as far as branding, I just knew I was posting pictures, you know, of me uh, fishing and, and enjoying myself. And um and then uh, from there, I just, you know, was going red fishing and then I would go offshore. Uh, I went to Cuba. It's always been something I'd wanted to do. So I went to Cuba and, and caught my marlin out of uh, Hemingway Marina. Uh, probably one of my, my favorite fishing trips ever. Um, and then uh, the producer for the Elite Fishing League on Discovery reached out to me. Pat Malone asked me if I wanted to be an analyst on the uh, Elite Fishing League. I accepted that, did that. The Hunt Channel reached out to me, asked me if I wanted to be uh, have my own show, Heather Smith Outdoors, uh, that started rolling. 
Then uh, then I was training. Uh, meanwhile, I'm fishing tournaments still, you know, and, and fishing offshore. Uh, then um, I started training to go on a survival program. Switched over, uh, decided to do Naked and Afraid. Left that that year. It was 2021 when I started filming for Naked and Afraid. And then uh, 2022 came back. Um, fished some bass tournaments. Fished the Sport Fishing Championship uh, on CBS. Um, and and then fished some tournaments in St. Croix with the guests that you've already had on here um, with Bobby and Amy. Right. And and then in 2023, uh, went over, started fishing Big Rock, Kelly Wagner. Uh, also left to go do castaways and had to do some training for that stuff too. Um, and then uh, came back, did some more training with the kids, spending more time. I fished the uh, bass tournament series that year. And then um, switched over to, uh, came back. And then at the end of the year, last year, I fished tournaments up in Maryland. Because now I'm on the Hogfin Pro team, so I'll, I'll go up and, and fish on the East Coast with the Hogfin team. Oh, sweet. So as far as fishing goes, are you like me? Anywhere there's water, it doesn't matter, salt, fresh. We're just going to fish because we got to fish. Like my wife yeah. says all the time, if I could pee a puddle, I would fish in it. I have my preferences of, of, of what I like, right? So if, if I have my options, my very favorite, but yes, the, in answer to your question, yes. And so if I'm on freshwater, I feel like my mom, you know, her ashes are here. If I'm on the saltwater, I feel like I'm closer to my dad because he was a captain. And so it, it feels like either way, you know, I've kind of got a connection there. But um, is, no matter what, at some point I have to be on saltwater every year you know, no matter what I'm doing. And I've got to be also have my, what I call chicken soup or my, my like home food, you know, is, is fresh water. So, uh, my very favorite, favorite, favorite fishing is definitely offshore fishing. It's just cause it's an adrenaline rush and it's such a battle. Um, and then a bass would be second. Uh, that would be because it's just like my comfort food, you know, fresh water right there. And then third would be inshore saltwater. Okay. Or near yeah, shore. That peacock bass that Elliot showed in the very beginning, that was a big deal for me when I went down to Florida. I, I was like, I couldn't even believe that they have these fish in everyone's backyard, right? It's such an incredible fishery, just a beautiful fish. Yeah. I, I was blown away. Talk yeah, about you, that a little bit. If you take a look, I don't know if you can see it. There's actually a picture where I don't have my glasses on. I know that's the video. I started crying when I caught that fish. That was a bucket list fish for me. And uh, Pat Ford, that's Pat Ford's house there. He's a, a, a very, very, very uh, well-known uh, sports photographer. And he has like 23 fishing world records. Um, but he is, he is uh, that's his backyard. And what is it, Roland Martin or Tommy Martin or whatever. They, they film a lot in that lake particularly. And so I wanted a peacock bass. And I had went to I, that morning. I had went out with Hunter Freeman in the Keys and caught me a black tip shark. I got in the car and I drove to Pat Ford's house that afternoon. And that afternoon, I pulled that fish out. And I had not got a peacock bass yet. And I had like literally, there's a picture they have. They put it on the cover. I think it's that one. That's the one. I have tears in my eyes. I just started crying like a little girl. And um, at one point, I'd ask him to stop filming because I was just uh, crying and overcome with. It's one of those things like that's a, one of your fish that you always want, and, and that was definitely on the bucket list for me. I think it's six. Actually. That the emotions and everything that go into fishing, gang. 
it's the reason why we do it. And it's the reason why it's so important to get children into this. Cause if we don't take care of our children, if we don't get them into this, believe me, the last thing that they're going to teach them at school is that it's okay to go out there and go fishing. But Heather can tell you right now, and she gets emotional talking about it. I get emotional talking about it because fishing is such a phenomenal way to get in touch with your children and get in touch with nature and get in touch with the things that have gone on in our lives. Like my mother, I put her ashes in a gigantic pot of dolphin. So every time I see a dolphin, that's my mom coming by to say hi, you know, hmm. my wedding, we got married on a boat in a Harbor and, uh, nobody ever <laughs> in the Harbor the dolphin showed up in the middle of our wedding inside the Harbor. It was just the most incredible thing. And I, and it's just all part of the deal gang. That's why it's so important to make sure that we pass this on to our children. And I'm so stoked that you're getting to do that now, Heather, and turn your girls on the littles on mm -hmm. the life that you have and that you're so passionate about, but also that you learn. So you're teaching a skill to your kids, which is incredible. And it's a great way to be connected to the girls, right? Oh, it's amazing. And you know what I really like? So like whenever I was going through the boot camp, like they want to mimic you. Children watch every single thing you do. They really do mimic you, even down to when they use their foul language that they shouldn't say, you know. And um, the so I would have my cup of coffee and I would watch my youngest little. She would drag her little the bar stool outside, you know, and I have like a covered wraparound porch. And she would get the bait caster. And so it was just perfect to practice with pitching and flipping. And she would sit there in that little stool every morning while I drank my coffee. And she would do uh, pitch and flip, you know, and practice pitching and flipping. So um, because she wanted to be able to do it, too. She wanted to get out there with mom and do it. And I thought that was that was the coolest thing, you know. Uh, and I, to this day, even when somebody's doing something wrong, she's like, I'll teach them. I'll teach them. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and she wants to show everything. So when we go to like different events, like the kids fish, the kids love to share. They love to talk to the other kids. And and that's so important. You know, uh, it's not just fishing. I mean, it's not just fishing. It's it's everything. You know, water being fishing is is so cathartic. Right. It's good for your soul. It. I did not realize in my I was, you know, going through a grieving process. I naturally pivoted toward the water to heal you, right? Because that's what it does. But the outdoors does that. So uh, like in the summers, I'll break the kids up to Montana. We'll go up on the top of a mountain in a cabin with no electricity, you know, and, and nothing. And, and we have to hike a mile and a half up and and we live in there for a month together, you know, and it's just us, you know. So um, and the littles are right there for it. They love it. That is so incredible. That is yeah. so wonderful. And then you're hunter also too right you love to hunt right i see some pictures of you hunting yes yeah yeah actually my favorite thing is it's funny you should say that because my uh my favorite thing to hunt is actually nutra and and i like gators too but um i say that's ashley my girl my, my friend ashley from the swamp people that's her thing but i love i love uh nutra hunting hog hunting um i like deer but you know i my favorite method of hunting we do it in Louisiana. We go on an airboat with shotguns and we're flying through the swamp and you're shooting hogs and you're shooting coyotes and you're shooting Nutra And it feels like you're in a live video game. Like it's amazing. And so it really is. It's like, it's, it's an experience that you have to experience once in your lifetime. Like, so, uh, it's really funny. I'm like, nobody get chaining me while we're out here because you're you're flying through that video right there. I think the one he's posting. I I, I posted that. It had 13 and a half million views in four hours. You know, like so. Um, 
you know, we had prepped it up and we went out there and, and I purposely posted that video where it was peppered because they, you know, they like to take things down if it's got kill shots on it. But, uh, but you'll see the hog that was laid down and it's, truly one of the most fun experiences it's fast if for people that like to hunt birds i love to do to do dove you know doves very quick uh but this is so much faster like so much faster you I mean you literally have one shot boom hit the hog rotate quick as you go by boom just take the kill shot before it goes off and hides oh that looks so fun yeah i never went on air my wife and i we were working down in florida for three and a half years ago in Fort Lauderdale and we did that airboat thing. I, and it was just so cool just to do, I know that kind of sounds geeky to you cause you grew up with it. But for me and my wife, we never saw anything like it. I can't even imagine hunting, hunting from the airboat, just riding around on the airboat was really cool. We did it like four times. We were just totally tourist out doing the airboat thing, but to hunt off the airboat, that's gotta be one of the most incredible experiences. And then you're talking about going helicopter hunting for hogs in Texas. I, that's bucket list stuff for me. I see that all the time. And you're, you're take you're going after an animal that's absolutely destroying cattle land and farmland. These animals are a uh, very big time invasive species gang. So you have to understand, you have to wrap your head around it, that we're actually helping nature by kind of culling this animal for lack of a better word. And it's an important thing to do. So I would love Maybe next year because you were. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Maybe I would like to get you on board with them. I think you would have a good time. But Lance actually coming with me. So I'm actually really excited about that. So uh, Lance going to be flying down and he's going to meet the littles because the littles have heard so much about him. Ashley's going to be with me. Ashley's bringing her kids. Uh, but we're also going to have a day at the range where we have like unlimited ammunition and pretty much any kind of gun you can think of, but you are correct. The same reason, the reason we're doing the Nutra rodeo thing is, is the, it, they're very invasive species. Then the Nutras are, are getting into the levees, like they're making burrows in there, which is making it weak. And so when the storms come in, now you're compromising, you know, vast areas, you know, and, and for people, they're also destroying 12,000 acres, I think is what the numbers I got from the last interview that I had, you know, a year. So we're, we're taking care of them and they taste amazing. So when my bass partner, Rowdy Slaughter and I were fishing a tournament series last year and his wife was watching the girls. And uh, when she had first, it was the year before that, when she first met her, the littles and she asked the little little, she said, so what's your favorite thing to eat? And she was waiting for little little to say like chicken nuggets, and little little said Nutra. And she goes rat in her face about dying. And she's like, I don't, I'm fresh out of rat. And and she's like, Oh, we got some. <laughs> yeah, that that made that young lady stand up. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. How exciting! How how cool though. Yeah. That is so cool. So this hog hunt you were talking to me about, this kind of goes into what I do every September with the war heroes. You guys are giving back to the veterans too. You're raising money for the veterans. You were telling me about this before. Yeah. So helicopters for heroes has been around, I think it's four years now and they've already raised like $6.5 million. So um it's you come out you get two helicopter hog hunts you have a day at the range and they pick two benefactors every year right you know or beneficiaries that every year that are they're going to give the give the proceeds to 
And uh, this year we've got uh, Heroes for Horses, and then I think it's Boots uh, for he Warriors or something. But the Heroes for Horses, they pick like uh, 30 uh, PTSD veterans, and they bring them up in the mountains, and then on they give them a wild horse, and they have to take care for that horse, and they're up there for like 60 days, and they go through this whole thing, and the horse becomes their friend, and they live up in basically the mountains of Yellowstone for like a month or two with these horses. And at the end, there was guys that were like Navy SEALs that were even saying that getting the belt buckle you get at that end of that program meant more to them than their trident at the end of BUDS. Oh, wow. That is, yeah. that's so cool. I love, yeah. I love this giving back and being a part of anything that does good for war heroes, anything that has to do with war heroes. So I'm a hundred percent in, and I hope I can participate in this next year. But I had a question came through. I know we're talking about this right now, but me, Southern California boy living down here in Mexico. And then I got a couple of texts on my phone, personal text saying, what's a Nutra? What's a Nutra? Oh. We don't know what they are. We have no clue. I'm, I'm pretending I'm, like I know what the hell I'm talking about, but I don't know what the heck it is. It's I imagine like, a, you know, what a capybara, they have capybaras down in South America. Right. So it's like a, a little version of a capybara. It's like if a, a capybara and a, a and a beaver had a baby and they have orange teeth. Maybe he could pull it up. It's called a Nutria rat, right? So it's a Nutria, N-U-T-R-I-A rat. And they're herbivores. So they don't eat any uh, meat. So when you try to eat raccoon, it's like a greasy meat. Nutria is so good. And like, I'm telling you, I, I have a friend of mine. She's super bougie. She sells Louis. Like she has like all the luxury brands. Like I'm talking, this is the Chanel girl. Like she loves it. She even says, Heather, like I do, I cook the best neutral rat. Miss Louisiana goes with me all the time. We go, I got a great story. We, me and Miss Louisiana, Tanya Crow went out there. We shot a mom, brought her up on deck. The, I just posted the live the other day. It's actually on my page. Um, this particular live, uh, and we've harvested her up. Her stomach was moving. You know, we'd already shot her with a shotgun, but we noticed her stomach was moving. So we cut her open, did an emergency C-section, Gave CPR to the babies and then we cooked the mominator. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Now I can see. Thank you, Elliot. I had no idea what this animal was. I, I know one of my friends, Jeanette, she's on here. She goes, they're a swamp rat. I'm like, okay. Well, yes. I want to yeah, see. It's it. a swamp rat, but it's, but they're, they're herbivores. Whereas like, you know, like raccoons, other rats, possums, things like that. You know, you'll see them eating like meat and stuff like that. You're not going to see a Nutra eating any kind of meat at all. It's, it's a, it's a very, very good meat. And I put it in like a Magnolite roaster and I put like an entire jar or not jar but bottle of red wine vinegar you know so and then i cook it at 225 for about six or seven hours with tons of garlic and some other spices in there and it just it's so good that the meat just kind of falls off the spine oh wow sounds mm -hmm. incredible that yeah. sounds so fun and so these things are totally screwing up the levees because they burrow inside of them now i'm starting to understand what you were talking about okay so yeah it's uh, the neutral rodeo we go and do it i kind of gotten call down about uh because we're gonna we do the neutral toss too i was told it wasn't a good look <laughs> that i shouldn't do it but i'm like come on i'm tenderizing the meat so uh we go out and we we do uh we go out on the boats and then we basically there's different tournaments actually have you ever fished any of the uh offshore tournaments or sport fishermen have you ever fished like the mississippi billfish classic or the louisiana classic no, we have the largest money jackpot tournament in the world down here, the Bisbee's Marlin mm -hmm. Black and Blue. So 
fished that yeah. for 20 something years. I've been involved in a lot of tournaments in California, but nothing, nothing down there where you're at. Well, Robbie Carter actually is uh, his dad. Bobby Carter is the guy that started like the Mississippi Bowfish class, like the, you know, all of those big ones that are known in the Gulf. Right. You know, and so uh, uh, anyway, so Robbie, I wrote Robbie into going to the neutral rodeo with me last year. And um, I was like, hey, I need you to come in because me and him, I do. I fish his tournaments and me and him became really good friends. And so he's like, OK, well, then I had got reserved an airboat for us same guy i always go with cody from cajun hookers and cody's amazing captain and uh i mean until it's like the quality gordon ramsey goes out with you know and does this one gone cody's boat like you'll see a lot of a lot of well-known chefs going out there because they go out there and go and get them eat and bring it back and cook it in their in their restaurants to be honest with you um but uh anyway so i had to bail on him last minute i had him and miss louisiana last year set up with me and then all of a sudden i had to leave and i couldn't tell anybody i was going to film castaway so uh last minute i was like you guys take my boat y'all have fun <laughs> and so they went and robbie absolutely fell in love with it he was like what in the backwoods is this and he absolutely fell in love with it in his his original uh, louisiana roots so um i'll be meeting up with robbie he, he actually came on and took this tournament on and of all of his things he's got you know the louisiana billfish classic and he's got the like all these other uh swordfish tournaments and then now he's got the, the louisiana neutral rodeo you know like added to his his repertoire nice yeah and there you also have another thing going on with some skateboarder did you used to skateboard too you've done so much stuff what are you doing with the skateboarder guys no i did own a skateboarding shop in lafayette for many years but the uh but no steve stedham who was a uh, Powell Peralta and Bones Brigade. He's actually one of the original pioneers of skateboarding. It was him and Tony Hawk. And uh, you can look him up, Steve Stedham, S-T-E-A-D-H-A-M. Um, Steve and I have been friends for years and years and years. And uh, so he reached out to me recently and he asked me if I wanted to collab with him on a shoe because he has his own shoe line and deck lines and thousands of other products. And he said that he, he knew that I had had my clothing line before and i have a very unique sense of sense of heather is the best way i'll describe it even my producers say i have heatherisms i don't nobody else talks i i just have a certain way of doing things you know it's definitely a heather way so um i said i wanted a comfortable shoe i wanted something that could show that i loved fishing or whoever wore it that they loved fishing and but i wanted it more importantly to be something comfortable you know i didn't want it to be gimmicky and uh so far since we launched these shoes last saturday they've been really big and um the, the black ones the guys want the camo the girls want i mean i've had i mean obviously we've had some people cross over you know it hasn't always been that way but but that i see a trend every time if i pull it up i, I can i can giggle to myself because usually the husband will go for the black the woman will go for the camo well that looks like a really cool show i'm checking it all out that elliot's throwing up there on the screen and that looks like a beautiful shoe. I think Kelly girl would love the camouflage, but she's watching downstairs right now. So I'm sure as soon as we're done, I'll find out exactly which one she wants. Cause we're going to get a pair. I, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love that. Pretty much promise you that. Yeah. If, I appreciate anything, the support. If it's got anything to do with uh, giving back and helping out our friends, we're in it a hundred percent. That looks like a really cool shoe. It looks really spectacular. Speaking of that real quick, Elliot, I just want to touch on this. If you guys show up wearing any of our clothes to the Pacific coast sport fishing festival, 
Remember, all my sponsors kick down phenomenal amount of product. We'll have all kinds of free stuff. If you've ever been to a trade show that Kelly and I are at, you come in wearing my shirt, my hat, backpack, sweatshirt, anything that says your saltwater guide on it, we're going to just fill your bag up with free stuff. I'm sponsored by some of the biggest manufacturers in the industry, Costa and Okuma and Promar and Deccan Sports, and Afco, and so many different companies that are going to just be kicking down a lot of swag. So if you show up at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show wearing any of our clothes, and there's the QR code Elliot just threw up on the screen, and those of you driving around, type in the code <laughs> YSWG, or excuse me, go to Your Saltwater Guide this store and you'll be able to find all our products over there. And then Heather, how do they find your shoes? Talk about that because there's people actually driving in their cars right now that can't see what we're talking about. Tell them how to find these shoes. So the website is on that. I, I can't see right now. <laughs> like I, cause I don't have my glasses. I mean, I just put them on. So if you go on the link that he's putting up there, it's going to be S T E D Z. There you go. Uh, www stedmz.us and then you from there you'll see the products you'll see heather smith outdoors and then you can pick them from there so it's going to be under steve's uh website and so um and then it's just got my name on there you know for my the, the thing he we wanted to do six colors and i said let's make it easy in the beginning let's just start off on two i don't want to go wild and crazy right off the bat so let's keep it i like it simple I like everything simple you know Right. It does, you don't want to give people too many options because they'll just slide out and get nothing. Right. So. Right. I mean, it's confusing. And and I'm not like that. I really am like every, to be a, to be as complex as I am. I mean, I'm just more aloof because I like things simple. I don't like when things get complicated. You know, I think uh, like the same way my dad, you know, you have all the electronics. But at the end of the day, he always wanted to go back to the celestial now. When, you know, you throw you out in the neck and afraid, there's no electronics. You don't even have clothes. I mean, you got to you got to look up at the stars. You've got to look at the direction of way the leaves are growing. I mean, even if there's overcast, I mean, it, you can look at night, you know, even if you can't see the stars in the canopy, you can see which direction because the trees, the leaves are going to grow, you know, uh, because of the sun. You know, so there's a lot of things that you have to look at. So there's it's the small things that you look at. But. I don't like things to be complicated. I just like to look at something, have it easy and, and then go on my way. There you go. That's a good, that is super cool that understand how nature all works, especially if you're doing what Heather does, you better have a better understanding of what's going on out there. Cause you don't have the electronics. You don't have a compass. She's walking around naked out there in the middle of the forest. She better know how to get from point A to point B gang. Heather's touched on something right in the beginning of this podcast that I think is really important for any of you that are trying to figure out how does she get so much traction? How does she have so many views? Because she's consistently putting out phenomenal content. She puts out a phenomenal amount of content on her Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. She's always putting out stuff. That's how you get traction. Gang, those of you that are watching Heather and I and going, how do these two have so much? Well, I, I'm, I'm even more of a booger eater in this world because I put out three brand new videos every single day and a brand new picture every day. And I do this live podcast Monday through Fridays. It's all about being consistent. Like Heather said, you're going to mm -hmm. go and look at all the cool stuff she has and you're just going to be blown away by the content. So if you're going, Hey, it must be nice. Well, we worked hard at it. Didn't we Heather? 
Yeah. And what people don't realize is because of all the time that we put in, like I know you have, you know what I mean? The time I put in. So I actually have my consulting business. So I do social media management and I also do branding coaching. So if they want, uh, if somebody, they want somebody to handle their social media, I have myself and my team, or if they want to figure out how to brand or which direction to go in their brand, because you got to figure out what you stand for. I mean, you can't stand for all of it. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff, but there's one thing that's going to make you unique and special, you know? So, uh, and God, for the love of God, please don't be one of those OnlyFans uh, fishermen, you know. Um, so uh, just a little hint out there. If you want to get on a television network and you have an OnlyFans, they'll never let you on. So, you know, just stay true to who you are. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm not judging. But, you know, let's let's remember what your knees are for. So um, but I think just consistency is, is something that's important that everybody needs to, to focus on and, and know what your brand is and make sure you constantly talk about your brand. You can never say your own brand name enough, ever. You know, always identify who you are, identify where you are, and always wrap it up with who you are. Like, make sure that they know your name by the end of that conversation or the end of that content. Absolutely. So why don't you do that right now? Tell everybody how they can find you on all the different social media platforms and We'll go with that right now. All that great jazz. Heather Smith, Heather Smith Outdoors on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Threads. Uh, and you can also find me on Discoveries, Naked and Afraid, Season 15, Episode 6, Discoveries, Naked and Afraid, Castaways. I'm also the outdoor editor for Florida Fisherman Magazine. Take a look at them. So, or if not, you can follow this lovely podcast of your saltwater guide. Check out this amazing guy, Dave Hansen, and listen to this interview. Well, thank you very much, Heather. This has been spectacular, gang. I, If anybody has a burning question, I have one. But if any of you, we've got about 10 minutes left. I have a question that I want to understand is uh, how, what was the process like to get on that show the first time? How did you go about it? How big was the casting call? How many people were in line to be on there? Because I was on a game show once and I know my kids and I stood in line for six and a half hours just to get in front of the producers. What was it like for Naked and Afraid? That process is not like that at all. So what it is, there's a, a you go to metal flowersmedia.com like heavy metal m-e-t-a-l flowersmedia.com and they are the casting group that actually casts for naked and afraid you're going to see the application they're going to ask you multiple things on there and they're going to want you to attach a video i highly suggest anyone that wants to go on naked and afraid i don't care if you're boy scout of the year if you're captain america if you were in the military you know actually the number one person to tap is a military man the number one contestant that makes it on the challenge is a single mother um but if you go on there go to a primitive survival training go do primitive survival training because while you're there, you're going to be able to knock out the videos that you need because they're going to want you to be able to source water three ways. They're going to want you to build three different shelters. They're going to want you to see how you can make fire three different ways. And you got to present all these videos with your application. And then from there, they pick you. Okay. That's interesting. I had no <laughs> idea. So it wasn't this big giant lineup of people. You really had to know stuff. You just didn't get to jump out there and just be Heather. Yeah, no, you get, there, there's another process that goes on too. I mean, you get interviewed, 
they're the the interview process is so lengthy and then they have the experts that actually get into it with you and test you on your abilities i mean there's there i mean just to be able to get talked to you have to present all the videos and then after that i mean you've got to go through a lengthy process and they they vet you very 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 well you know like they they go through it so they know exactly what your score is i know my score was higher when i went on i think i was like a 7.3 which is the highest a girl had had in in a long time many years since brooke white i think uh, uh matt wright's matt wright's wife um they hadn't had a score from a woman coming on that high for my score since she had been on there and that was actually really worrisome for me because uh you know i'd rather start off with a smaller score and build up and then and instead of having a really big score and then falling you know right yeah there's only one way to go after that then yeah. how did you do as far as going because i already know because i want but i want everyone else to know how did you do in that first time you were on how far did you make it and then how did you do in the castaways i don't believe in quitting i've, I've never i've never yeah. uh yeah, so I, I, there's no way I'm going to quit. There's no quit in me. Um, I, it, actually, what my daughter said to me, Big Little said to me when I left, she looked at me and she told me she loved me. And as I walked off, she said, hey, and I turned around, I said, what? And she said, don't tap out and embarrass the family. So <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. So um, I knew I, I knew my children were making sacrifices for me just as much as I was making sacrifices to be out there. And uh, I was actually missing one of my daughter's birthdays to be out there, which is the first time that had ever happened. And, um, and if they were willing to make those sacrifices as well, and I wasn't going to let them down. Nice. Unreal gang. You got to go check out naked and afraid. Go check out the two seasons that Heather was on there. Check out all her social media platforms, check out everything she's got going on gang. Cause if you think you're working hard, to do stuff, you're going to be blown away at how you're not really doing anything compared to what Heather's doing out there. I can't wait to see what you're going to do hunting with the girls, doing that helicopter thing. And I sure do hope I get invited to come help you guys with that next year. I'll I would love that. I'm going to definitely talk to them while I'm there. Another thing too, go over to Hogfin, um, W or H A W G F I N.com hog, hogfin performance. That's the team that I'm on. I'm also rock their gear is probably some of the softest, I'm not, I know everybody's usually has their gear, but I'm telling you, these are the softest hoodies I've ever felt in my life. Okay. Like I was so excited that I'm on this team because their clothing is so amazing. Quality is awesome. But, uh, we actually, the Hogfin Reaper, which is the offshore boat, uh, that we'll be using for the big rock, white Marlin open, you know, Kelly Wagner, blah, 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 heels and reels, you know, all that other great jazz. Um, they are installing live stream cameras and we'll all be mic'd up too so you will actually be able to because of starlink you're going to be able to watch multiple live streams one directly on the captain one on the back of the boat one on us and we'll all be wearing live mics so you'll be able to watch the tournament in real time when we're out there for the for the tournaments that is awesome because once we started doing that heather and i know you i've seen you sneaking around on my live lobster trips so i know yeah. you see what's going on people are into it way into it like because we tapped onto something no one had ever seen before we're doing five and a half hours and you get to see the agony of defeat you get to see the thrill of the victory you get to see if they catch them or if they don't you get to see the interact so it's going to be fun to watch you guys in the tournaments doing it that's going to be insane if you watch these guys if you haven't seen our live we got one tonight jump on here one for the next five days in a row they go off at about 6 
15, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time, live lobster fishing in L.A. Long Beach Harbor. It's incredible. Last night, they were all done, limited out. They were done, done in two and a half hours. They couldn't catch any more. They had limits for five guys. It's been pretty it. insane fishing. If you haven't seen it yet, I definitely suggest watching it. And then I can't wait to watch you guys doing the live. People are tired of watching this organized sports, this kneel down sports now. It's all about watching us do it, I think, is what people want to see reality now. Yeah. I mean, anyway, on top of that, we're getting groceries. Like these are, you know what I mean? There's football games are great, but you're in the thing. This is just something when you're fishing, you could be on a deck with three generations, four generations. I mean, you're never, ever, ever going to come up with those kind of memories again, unless it's like Thanksgiving meal, but actually to be out there together with like three generations, like you said, or, or like all of your siblings or, you know, and with your children and passing on stuff, those are the memories that your kids are going to remember. Exactly. And also it allows people to understand that you can take your children. You can go do that. You can go do that with your family. You don't have to, maybe you don't like to fish, but maybe your children do, or you'll find out if they don't, but you can watch the show and then you'll find out if your family wants to go do it, which that's never been available. You get to see the edited parts in a 10, 15 minute clip on YouTube or something, but you never get to see the whole process, the live, like we're doing right here where everyone gets to see everything that you do. And that's what's going to be really cool about the tournaments because it's going to allow everybody into that world where most people have stood on the sidelines and they see you come in and weigh that fish, but they have no idea what happened to get to that point. Right, right. Or they get to see that one picture you have or that 30-second clip where you're fighting it, but they don't want to see the other ones where you're struggling and you look like your face is melting off or you got Forrest Whitaker eye because you're trying to, like, you're fighting and you feel like you're going to have a stroke. You know what I mean? Like, so, right. which really happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. So this Starlink thing is going to change the world of the, the outdoor, the fishing, hunting, just getting everybody to see what re we really go through when we're out there on the water. So thank you so much for bringing that to everybody because that's going to be fun to watch. And thanks for all the content you put out all the time. You're an entertainment source yep. for me. I go watch your stuff all the time. I'm very happy that uh, Amy turned me on to you because my wife and I started watching you right after we had had Bobby and Amy on the show. They're like, you got to get Heather on there. And you were so busy and we had so much both of us have so much going on. I'm finally got to have you on the show and I super appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Heather. And everybody that watched the show today, thank you all very, very much. Marley's running around back here. He's bummed that Heather's leaving, but she's got stuff to do. She's a, you're basically hanging out with the pro fishermen right now, right? You're over at their house, their studio. Yeah, I'm at Sealy Outdoors right now. Yeah, so I'm at I'm at Sealy's uh, actually in the office, but I'm gonna run my I'm gonna some other stuff. The MLF is here this weekend. Actually, we've got they've got the tackle invitational. Brian Lattimore was on this morning because there was a fog delay, uh, and then um, some other guys are over. I'm supposed to go. I was gonna anyway. The weather's gonna be bad, so we're trying to decide if I'm gonna fish here. If I was gonna go over to Lita Bend, then we had a 13 pounder, 1376 was caught here last yeah. Monday. So, uh, and now I'm like everybody, cause we're going into that pre-spawns a little early, you know, and you're like, come on fat girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go get that little fat. So, all right, yeah. everybody. Thank you very much, Heather. Thank you all for watching. Share this with your friends and family. Let everybody in on what's going on. And don't forget to watch us tonight live out on the water. It's probably going to be somewhere between 615 and 630, depending on what time it gets dark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. All right. See you, Heather. Thanks for having me 